Good morning, Sun Valley Church, and welcome back to The Voice of the Valley. I am your host, Jeremy Pinch, and with me today I have Pastor John. Now, today we're going to be talking about the work of the Holy Spirit. No, we're not talking about the gifts. We are talking about the work of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. So, John, thank you for... uh, joining us this morning. Yeah, it's good to be here. Now, this this actually stems from a question from our student ministries. We have a thing called a bucket list, and, and students can just throw questions into that list that they want answered. And I just figured, you know, John could do my job for me and just answer this question. So I'm excited to hear what uh, what Pastor John has to say about the work of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. Well, I appreciate your high schoolers trying to stump people with questions. <laughs> this, this is good. Yeah, we thought we'd just go to the top here. Yeah, I'm not sure it's because they're so spiritual, but maybe they're just really rebellious trying to trip up their leaders. <laughs> yeah. Not sure. But we'll see what happens here. Now, there's a few events in the New Testament that most people associate the work and activity of the Holy Spirit, right? That's, that's at Pentecost. And then um, also Jesus's uh, baptism where we see the Holy Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Mm-hmm. What is the Holy Spirit's activity in the Old Testament? How is he active in the Old Testament? Yeah, these are actually good questions. I mean, it uh, uh, they're practically good questions. They're theologically uh, significant questions, and so I'm glad to be able to try to answer them. Um, the Holy Spirit is, uh, first off, uh, one of the three members of the Godhead. You have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, and they each have different roles. I'm not certain if you've done a podcast on the Trinity yet and their roles, distinct roles. That might be valuable to do sometime. But the Holy Spirit's role is distinct, um, and yet it overlaps with the Father and the Son. Um, and so no matter which of those three beings uh, uh, perform act, work, it's God doing it. Mm-hmm. So uh, when the Father acts, when the Son acts, when the Spirit acts, it's all an act of God. Mm-hmm. They're, they're uh, one God. And so um, there's going to be overlap, and that's part of the difficulty of this question. What, what part of God's work in the, in the history of man is... Uh, the Father, which part is the Son, which is the Holy Spirit. And so there's overlap, and, mm-hmm. it's, a, and it's a bit hard to track sometimes. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, it's a good question. And, and to answer your question, yes, uh, the Holy Spirit was active in the Old Testament, and I've got a few verses to demonstrate that. And these are obvious, of course, but um, since the question was asked, uh, was the Holy Spirit active in the Old Testament? Well, it seems to be right off the bat. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, the earth was without form and void, and the darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God, that's the Holy Spirit of God, was hovering over the face of the waters. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Holy Spirit was present on this planet mm-hmm. before creation was complete. Mm-hmm. He was here in a efficacious way, a working way, um, participating with the Father and the Son, in the completion of the creation. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you get to Colossians and it says that the Son was the agent through whom the Father created the world. And mm-hmm. so the Spirit and the Son were int- intimately involved in the creating 
efforts of God uh, on the planet and in the universe. Mm-hmm. So the the old the Holy Spirit is active in creation in the Old Testament, obviously in uh, working with the Son and the Father and creating the universe, which I just read from Genesis chapter one. And then in Genesis chapter 2, verse 26, it said, let us make man in our own image, mm-hmm. right? So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were participating in the creation of man. Mm-hmm. So not just the, the inanimate things, but the animate things, including mankind. Mm-hmm. And then in First Peter chapter, or Second Peter um, chapter 1, verse 21, we have uh, Peter indicating that not only was um, uh, the Holy Spirit active in creation, but he was active in inspiration. Mm-hmm. It says, For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So the way we got the Old Testament was that the Holy Spirit inspired, um, influenced, and inspired. Those are two different thoughts, but similar um, the Old Testament prophets um, and writers to write down Scripture. So there's the writing of Scripture, but when, for instance, when Isaiah says, you know, thus saith the Lord, is he speaking on the authority of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit speaking through him to yes, people? Yes, yes, okay. he's, he's actually noting that particularly, okay. uh, that, that God has commanded him to say the following. Okay. And, of course, God spoke through the prophets, like I just read, mm-hmm. by way of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And then, so we have the Holy Spirit active in creation. We have the Holy Spirit active in inspiration. And then I want to show you from Psalm 51, verse 11, that we have the Holy Spirit active in conversion, in conversion, which is um, an interesting subject for Old Testament saints and our understanding of that. Verse 11 says, Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Mm-hmm. So David, and I think this is one of your questions, um, David was was um, brought into a relationship to God via the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, not exactly like you and I are, but similarly like you and I are. Um, so the, the, to, to answer your first question... Uh, yes, the Holy Spirit was active in the Old Testament through creation, through inspiration, and even in the conversion of of saints. So, yeah. So, um, when we see when we see at Pentecost and and kind of subsequent through Acts, uh, when we see the Holy Spirit present, there's miraculous. things. Things taking place, right? There's, there's, you know, speaking in tongues. There's healing, all that other stuff. Um, is that kind of stuff happening in the Old Testament as well? Um, we also see in Galatians five, chapter five, we see, you know, the fruits of the spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all those mm-hmm. things. Um, how did how did people exhibit the fact that they had the Holy Spirit within them? You just mentioned that you know the prophets spoke from God, but what what are some practical ways that people exhibited the Holy Spirit? Well, here here's an interesting uh, tongue in cheek response to you. I think it's interesting is as the Holy Spirit caused humans to speak in different tongues mm-hmm. in Acts, you know, to their Pentecost. Um, 
So the Holy Spirit caused Balaam's donkey to speak. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't anything else. Right. It was the Holy Spirit. Right. That was, whether or not he was using the donkey's tongue and vocal cords, who yeah. knows what was going yeah. on there. But the donkey was speaking. Yeah. And so that was none other than the Holy Spirit doing that work. Yeah. Um, and, of course, the, the, the prophet there, Balaam, was, was confronted Mm-hmm. by the Holy Spirit and his sinful activity. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so to, to be more serious here about um, the activity of the Holy Spirit in the lives of people in the Old Testament, New Testament is a little more obvious. Um, there's a, a, a new era, if you want to call it that, dispensation, uh, uh, also another way to speak of it. When you get to Acts, um, you know, the Holy Spirit was now indwelling people and remaining in people. Mm-hmm. Um, but in similar way, we, which I just read for you from Psalm 51, the Holy Spirit was participating and active in the lives of believers. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that there was that was the only way someone could actually be interested in the things of God was through the activity of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit different because of the era that, in which they lived. But... David obviously recognized when the Spirit was absent and when he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And he prayed that the Holy Spirit wouldn't leave him because he knew, you know, that there was a different relationship with God when the Holy Spirit wasn't present in his life. Mm-hmm. And so he prayed at Psalm fifty-one eleven that the Holy Spirit wouldn't leave him. I think that you know, even though the, the, the means of salvation is the same in the old by grace through faith, uh, the initiator of that faith is the same. Yeah. In the New Testament, the initiator of faith is the Holy Spirit. And in the Old Testament, the initiator of faith was the Holy Spirit. We, since Adam, uh, Paul tells us in Romans 5, since Adam we were all dead in our trespasses. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the Old Testament was since Adam. Yeah. Adam was the first. And so everybody since Adam, including all Old Testament saints, were born dead in their sin, mm-hmm. trespasses and sin. Mm-hmm. So how did they come alive to Christ and salvation? How even, even though the Old Testament saints looked forward to Christ and, and his sacrifice, mm-hmm. we look back. But the initiator of that faith is the same, the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The reason David knew Christ was because of the Holy Spirit. The reason... Abraham knew Christ was because of the Holy Spirit. And I mean Christ loosely, the, the, the Messiah, the Savior, the, the coming yeah. hope of Israel. Yeah. Um, the, the promise to you know Adam and Eve, the promise to Abraham and Noah and Isaac. All these people uh, knew of that, of that promised Messiah, trusted in that promised Messiah, lived in, by faith in that promised Messiah, mm-hmm because of the initiating work of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Hmm. So uh, I think the Bible, you know, portrays that. Yeah. And what we see in people who trusted God and followed Christ in the Old Testament, what we see is what we see similarly to Galatians chapter 5, the fruits of the Spirit. Hmm. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, you know, Abraham, David, uh, Daniel. Mm-hmm. These were men of faith, Hebrews 11. They lived by faith um, in the coming Messiah. 
and they lived by faith, I think, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So now I'm I'm I want to come back to to David in in Psalm 51. Uh, I'm I'm currently reading through First Samuel, and I just got to the point where Saul is uh, appointed king of Israel. Okay, and there's a couple different points throughout you know the first couple of chapters where where Saul's appointed king, where it says the Holy Spirit was poured out on on Saul. Right, and different points where the Holy Spirit was poured out on Saul. And then we get to, you know, when he is, when the kingdom is taken away from him, the spirit of God is taken away from him. Right. Um, and so David, when he's praying in Psalm 51, he says, Lord, please don't take your spirit away from mm-hmm. me. Now, based on our, our theological stance on, you know, the pers- perseverance of the saints and in, in God keeping us, upholding us uh, until glory. Right. What is, what is David meaning when he says, don't take your Holy Spirit away from me? I don't know exactly. Um, there's a lot of a lot of discussion. Not a lot. There is discussion about that issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think many people believe that the Holy Spirit did not take up permanent residence in people as He does today in our dispensation. Mm-hmm. You know, post Christ, in our epoch, and back in those days, He uh, worked. He it, it seems that He He came and and went. Like Saul, like Samson, you remember Samson? Mm-hmm. He he demonstrated similar things, mm-hmm. uh, great feats of strength that were supernatural. They weren't natural, and he was able to do that not because he was buff, but because the presence <laughs> of the Holy Spirit in him. He was able to, you know, take the city gates right. off of a city that some say weighed, you know, six seven thousand pounds, yeah. and carry them on his back for seven miles up a sandy slope. <laughs> I don't care if you're Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's not happening. And so the Holy Spirit came and went Mm -hmm. from Samson, from Saul, from David. Um, And that's not the case today. I mean, Mm -hmm. things have changed in our dispensation of grace. We have this uh, permanence of the Holy Spirit that I think is a new way of, of relating to mankind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think David knew that the Holy Spirit came and went. He knew Saul. He knew, you know, that this kind of thing happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samson knew the same thing. You remember what Samson, how Samson ended his life? Mm-hmm. He prayed for one more opportunity. Mm-hmm that God would indwell him one more time to accomplish God's will and purpose against the Philistines. Mm. And so I think it's it would be easy to defend that the Holy Spirit came and went in the Old Testament, whereas in the New, he does not. Mm. You know, there's, there's argument, of course, about that. The perseverance of the saints is one of the five points of Calvinism that, right. that is debated between Arminians and Calvinists right. and, and right. we. Calvinists would say that that is not the case in our day as it was in the Old Testament. Um, we cannot lose our salvation. Uh, we are saved by grace through faith. We can't lose it. So whether or not Saul was saved is debatable. Right. Uh, the Holy Spirit worked in different ways back then. Mm. So it's I don't think it's super evident in Scripture to be able to be hard and fast on the activity, whether permanent or temporary, Mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament saints. 
Hmm. Now, when we, in, in most evangelical, I shouldn't say in most, it seems like in modern evangelicalism, um, there's this view that God in the Old Testament, God the Father in the Old Testament, was a mean, angry God, and mm-hmm. he just wanted to kill. And then in the New Testament, he's loving and kind and gracious. Right. Um, does that does that change? I mean, does God change throughout testaments? And specifically looking at the Holy Spirit, does the Holy Spirit change? Is he more prevalent in the New Testament than the Old Testament? Does he do different? I mean, we've kind of answered that, but does he do different things? Sure, he does different things. He acts different ways, but he doesn't change. I mean, mm-hmm. we know that God is immutable, right? Mm-hmm. That word means he doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that's off the table. But he, he does different things. Mm-hmm. Like I do different things now than I did when I was in my 20s or in my teens. I'm still John Schubert, mm-hmm. but my activities changed as the, you know, times of my life changed. Mm. So, uh, in that regard, the the triune God is immutable. Mm. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, Hebrews thirteen five. Mm. But in, in terms of of the activity of the Holy Spirit, um, we have we have evidences that things are different. And I think we just need to be aware of that. And in terms of your question about God the Father and his um, animosity and, and anger and antagonism towards sinners in the Old Testament and then seemingly changing in the New, of course, the Father is immutable also, mm-hmm. just as the Son and the Holy Spirit are immutable. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I think it's wonderful to think about the, the loving nature of God the Father um, throughout human history. I mean, mm-hmm. he created the universe in love. Mm-hmm. He, he planned salvation in love. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to Ephesians chapter 1, and you, you discover that, that everything from creation to the end of time and the the uh, provision of Christ the Savior came from the mind of the Father. Mm-hmm. So although he did break out in, in terror in the Old Testament from time to time against his enemies, even against his people mm-hmm. like Mount Sinai, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he, he never has been unloving. Mm-hmm. Um, there were different things that God wanted to communicate about himself during different time of human history, mm. um, reverence, oneness, this um, monotheistic view of God, even though He's three in one, mm. um, th- those things were, you know, front and center with the people of Israel be- for a reason, because He was separating Himself unto Himself, a people that would be um, the nation through whom the Messiah would come. They had to be separate. They had to be holy and, mm-hmm. and distinct from mm-hmm. every other um, nationality, every other ethnic group, right. because the Savior was coming through them, and he had to be in coming from a holy people, set apart, uh, used by God to, to bring in the Messiah, used by God to be uh, distributors of revelation, mm-hmm. um, not just uh, written revelation, but you know, 
the revelation of God himself in Christ. Mm. That came through that. But the, the, it's the same God of Ephesians 1 who, who Paul speaks of as a amazingly loving, gracious, generous God, mm-hmm. um, proven by the fact of the plan of salvation that began before time and will come to culmination mm-hmm. after time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it seems like it seems like when you get to the New Testament that the message doesn't change. Like it's not like the message just changes from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Jesus when he starts his ministry, he says, Repent. Believe in the kingdom of God is near. Like there's there's not like a, a change of message, I don't think. It's just Jesus has revealed himself. He says, Now I'm here. And so it doesn't it, it doesn't seem like, you know, the message from the Old Testament to the message of the New Testament has changed. Well, if you just think of it in terms of what Jesus said about the law. He said, I came to to fulfill it. Right. Right. You know, not 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 reject it, but right. to fulfill it. So the law that was given in the Old Testament was a uh, a picture of the character of God, right? Yeah. The, the, thinking mostly of the Mosaic law. Yeah. Um, it's a picture of God, his character qualities. He's loving. He doesn't covet. He's mm-hmm. kind. Mm-hmm. He's great. You know, the, the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. are a reflection of God's character. Jesus comes along and says, I'm coming to fulfill that. Mm-hmm. I am that. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. How can he say that? Well, because he's God. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's it. The, you're right. The the message doesn't change. Yeah. We have one God, to whom we must solely worship, and uh, you know, give our lives to. Yeah. And the way that we do that, we find out in the New Testament is a little more clear than in the old. But the method is still the same of salvation: salvation by grace through faith in the Messiah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's always been the same. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Trinity is is an amazing subject to like actually spend time thinking about and one that we will spend eternity pondering on and Yeah. It's it, it's it can a, be a mind bender. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for sure. Yeah. Although it's 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 very edifying. Yeah. Personally, you know, building up your spirit to think of yeah. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and their roles uh, in existence, yeah. their roles in salvation, their yeah. roles in the lives of every human who ever lived. Yeah. It, yeah. It, is, it is profound and, like I said, edifying. Yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, I know I've mentioned this book a few times, but Knowing Christ by Mark Jones, when I read, he has this chapter in his book talking about Jesus being dependent upon the spirit yes during his ministry he or was. during his life yeah it that blew my mind you know cuz i just think of jesus being god and you know he's he just he can do whatever he, he wants he can do whatever he wants he's yeah. god no but jesus was dependent upon the holy spirit yes and it was like in in his what? humanity yeah yeah so which is which is a wonderful model for us yeah. I mean, which is i think part of the the reason that Jesus, you know, did that. He emptied himself so that he could live by the power of the Holy Spirit, yeah. that he could minister in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, those are awesome things to think about. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to come back and do a, uh, do a session or two or three or 15 on, on the Trinity. And at least three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. At least three, <laughs> at least three. 
because that would be, I know it would be edifying for me, and I'm sure it would be for the church as well. So. Yeah, that'd be good. We could get together an elder or two and, yeah. and sit around and talk about the work of the Holy Spirit, the Father and the Son. Yeah. It's very encouraging stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, church, I hope that uh, this has been encouraging for you. Uh, I know it has been for me. Uh, we look forward to, uh, well, being with you probably online for uh, church with uh, all this coronavirus stuff going on. Coronavirus cannot infect you through the airwaves or <laughs> or anything on the internet. I'm I'm pretty sure. At least it hasn't been proven yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we cannot infect each other here. Yeah, we might have to do a uh, do a podcast on that next week. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's do it. Yeah. Church, we love you. Uh, we look forward to being with you again sometime soon, and uh, we hope you have a great day.